0: Uh, we are going to uh, continue uh, what we've been doing all semester long. Uh, We've been looking at the idea of definitions, uh, which may not sound all that exciting, uh, but I think it's incredibly important because I think that it's very possible for folks that are in churches to be singing songs, to be having a conversation, and we could be using the same idea or the same word, but be using it very, very differently. And so we want to make sure we have the right definitions of things. Uh, So today, we're going to be looking at the idea of the definition of temple. Uh, and what we mean by temple is temple is a, a place where you go to pray to God, uh, a place where you sing and worship to God, uh, a place where you feel the presence of God. Uh, and really what we want to center on is this idea of place. Place. Uh, that a temple is a place where you go and then somehow God is more there than he is in other places. And so the question is, is where is this God place? Where is this place where God is more in this place than he is in other places? Uh, Or maybe kind of the most clear way to ask it is where is God? Where exactly would you find God? Uh, And let's play with this for a second. And so, is God, this place where God is, is it right here? Let's think about this for a second, because right here, like, is in like this spot on this board, that's where the preacher's standing, you know, I mean, this is where, you know, the, the, the pastor is standing. So, like, surely, like, the place where the pastor is must be a little bit more, like, spiritual, a little bit more in the presence of God than other places. And the reason I think that is because, as a pastor, I have found that sometimes people will treat me a little bit different than I'm assuming they treat you. Uh, it actually happened this past week. Uh, I was um, a part of a running team, and Wednesday morning, we were all gathered together. It was about a dozen of us in a big circle, and a person on one side of me was talking to someone on the other side of me, so they are kind of like not talking to me, but they were talking like across from me, and the person over here said a curse word, or at least they, they told me it was a curse word. I've never heard those words before, but they, uh, someone explained to me that it was a, it was a bad word, And then someone else in the circle said, you can't say those kind of things around John because John is a pastor. Uh, Because there's this idea that around me, you need to be like a little bit more because God is somehow more in the presence of me than he is maybe in other places. And and is that true? Uh, Catherine doesn't think so. (laughs) Or how about this? Is god Hopefully, I won't get feedback for you here, Dave— is God more in this space than he is in other spaces? Uh, or to be like, super clear, is God, is God more here? God more here? Like, is this like a place where... And again, think about this for a second. This is a room where I hope some of you have felt the presence of God before. Maybe it was in a song... Sermon, retreat we did a couple weeks ago, maybe just in the embrace of someone that you saw, and somehow you have had a moment where you felt the presence of God. And is that because God is more here than he is here? Do you, is, is there something magical about kind of like how God like, is in one building or in another building? Uh, or how about this? It says somewhere in the Adirondacks. I don't know exactly where. Uh, They all kind of look the same over there. And so, some of you may know, uh, there's folks, maybe some of you, who on a weekend, they will go, and especially this time of the year, will go in the Adirondacks and they will hike, uh, they will camp, uh, maybe they will hunt. And I've even heard of people who will skip church so that they can go on a weekend and go spend time in the woods And I've even heard people say things like, when I go into the woods, like, that's my church. And so, is is that true? Is there something about when you're out in just wilderness and trees and the fresh air? And like, is God more in that place than he is in other places? Uh, Or how about this one? Uh, This is a picture I took, oh, oh, uh, maybe like a year ago, um, but I... Did a walk again this morning. I do this a lot. It's pretty similar this morning. So that's just right outside here uh, on Quail. Uh, and I, I don't know if you live in our neighborhood or not. Uh, if you've, this neighborhood changes a lot over the course of the day, over the course of the weekend. And so if you're ever walking through Quail, uh, like 9 p.m. to like 2 a.m. on a Friday or Saturday, it is absolutely packed. I mean, just college kids, especially this time of the year, going out, having fun, whatever they're doing, and then if you go out early in the morning, like I was when I took this picture, it's for the most part pretty empty, and I'm guessing that's the way that it is right now. And so if you were to go down that street, and you, there's the different college kids that are sleeping in, or, you know, they're trying to sleep off whatever they did last night, some of them had a great night, some of them have some regrets, uh, but many of them, are really not, God isn't even on their radar. I mean, they're just, you know, they're they're still asleep in their room. The idea of going to church or not going to church, God, but where they are, as they are still in bed, sleeping in their apartment, hanging out with their roommates, whatever they're doing, is God there? Is God less there, more there, based off of whatever kind of night they had last night? Is God more or less in their presence? Uh... And here's what we want to drive to today, is that where is God? God is everywhere. And God is equally everywhere. God's presence is equally everywhere. From up here to when you're around someone who gets paid, when you're inside of a building that's made for worship, when you're outside, when you're in the middle of the woods, wherever it is that you God is equally everywhere everywhere. Uh, look at a couple of different uh, scriptures. This one is from the Old Testament. This is uh, David, and that's a pretty big deal. Uh, David was one of the people who's instrumental in building the temple, and so he would go into a tent at that point and worship God, and then he thought, man, we really need a temple, but yet here's what David believed. That you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and when I'm lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely, the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Wherever you go, God is already there. Uh, Or here's uh, what the Apostle Paul said. Uh, The Apostle Paul, who grew up going to the temple. Uh, The Apostle Paul, that when he said this, he was standing in Athens surrounded by other gods' temples. He said that the God who made the world, created everything we see, and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, but he does not live in temples built by human hands. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath, and everything else. God is everywhere. Where is God? God is every single place you have ever been, and God is everywhere that you will ever go. Uh, And so what exactly does that mean? If God is everywhere that we go, then as folks who are interested in becoming people who love Jesus each other in the world, or people who are already committed to try to love Jesus each other in the world, what does that mean for each and every one of us? Uh, and so I want to bring up two big practical things that that means for us, and then we're going to get real practical to try to really kind of feel that God is in those places. Uh, so the first thing that it means, if God is everywhere, then it means that God is always speaking. That everywhere we go, that God is not only there, but God is speaking. Uh, and I think he does this in a couple different ways. Uh, so again, Paul, uh, this is in the uh, book that he wrote to a, a church in Rome, early Rome. He said, since what may be known about God, what do you want to know about God? What, what, what's God up to? What is God doing? Is plain to them. Because God has made it plain to them. The things that God wants us to know, it's plain. Well, how has he made it plain to them? For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Again, that should uh, mess with at least some of our preconceived ideas, because most of us think, if I'm going to hear from God, well then I need to like... Open the Bible, and opening the Bible is a good way to hear from God. Uh, Or I need to go to a building, and I need to hear a sermon Then I can hear. But what Paul is saying here, that if you just walk out uh, into the middle of the Adirondacks, if you walk out onto Quail Street, if you look up at the stars, if you go to the beach, uh, if you look at a great piece of art, if you hear a certain song, if you watch a movie, then God has the ability to speak through everything, things that were made in honor of God, things that were not made in the honor of God, that God has the ability to speak through literally anything that is ever made. And I'm guessing that if we go around, all of us could share different stories of that. Where you, have, you, you heard some song on the radio, and it, maybe it wasn't even like a Christian song, just, but just something about it spoke something to your soul, something about just like the way things are. Uh, Or maybe you're in an art gallery and you're looking at a painting and just something about it just stirred something deeper inside of you or a conversation you had with a friend or some food that you ate or uh, just being in the presence of animals or whatever it is. Something about what was made just showed something about who God was. And that's good. But I think for a lot of us, we have this thought of like, yeah, but I would like to like Hear like if God speaks like I would like to hear it a little bit more clearly than that, Uh, and especially what I think I mean, someone who's been following Jesus and I just love Jesus like like crazy, is like if I could actually like to hear the words of Jesus, like I mean, how cool would that be? Like, if you could somehow get in a time machine and 2,000 years ago, if you could be there when Jesus was teaching a sermon, if you could be in one of those dinners where Jesus is hanging out with people and eating food and drinking and having fun, if you could be one of Jesus' disciples and you're just walking along the path with him, and you got to actually hear firsthand, you got to see him do miracles, Uh, you got to raise your hand and say, yeah, Jesus, that story you said back there, I didn't really totally understand that. Can you re-explain that? And then he would, like, help walk you you are like, how cool would that be? And here's what Jesus said. Uh, this is actually the last thing that Jesus ever said while he was physically on earth. Jesus said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's good. That's what many of us believe is that Jesus is still alive and that Jesus is with us wherever we go. And like that, that sounds nice. The problem is, is right after that, Uh, This is what it says in Acts. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid from their sight. So, I will always be with you. Okay, like, like, wouldn't it be nicer if you were were here, if you were physically here? But again, here's what Jesus said. And this is something that, like, made sense to me over the last couple years in a way that it just didn't make sense for a lot of my time of following Jesus. I'm not totally sure why. But this idea of that Jesus sends something called the Holy Spirit so that we can hear from Jesus always. Uh, Here's what Jesus said about this idea. Jesus says, I have much more to say to you. Jesus talking to his disciples. This is right before Jesus is going to be crucified. This is at the very end of his life. These guys had followed Jesus around for three years, and they had this thought of like, there's like so much more that we would have loved to hear from Jesus. Like we have so many more questions. Like we want to know about like how we should handle so many more life situations. And I've had so many moments in my life where I thought it would just be so much nicer if I could just find out a little bit more about what Jesus had to say about this certain topic, this certain controversial thing, this decision I'm trying to make in my life. Like if I could just, there's there's so much more I would like to know. And Jesus like, no, I, I totally get that. There's so much more I have to say to you, but it's more than you can bear now. I couldn't, I couldn't fit all that in. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Again, something when that popped in my mind a couple of years ago this idea that when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and we'll talk more about kind of even how that whole process works. But when we have that moment, we just feel like, I feel like God, that's not just like a thing that like God is saying. And it's not like, okay, but here's what Jesus said as it was recorded in the Gospels. And, you know, and here's like this other thing I kind of felt like from the Spirit, but it's like kind of plan B. What Jesus is saying here is that when the Spirit speaks to us, it's literally a direct message from Jesus. That we have the ability that God is not only everywhere, but that God is speaking through His spirit, and we can actually hear the words of Jesus no matter where we go. All right, uh, that's kind of the idea of that God is everywhere and that God is speaking everywhere. Um, but I want to get a little bit more practical uh, as we try to like live this out, because if, that means, if God is truly everywhere and God is speaking, then that means... That yesterday, we're just going to concentrate on yesterday for a second. Yesterday, if you were somewhere, then that means that you are in the process of being somewhere that's everywhere. And wherever you were yesterday, whatever activities you did yesterday morning, whatever activities were going on in the afternoon, whatever you were listening to, whatever you were watching, whatever was around you, that God was there. And not only was God there, God was speaking to you. And so I want to give us a moment just to reflect on maybe what God was speaking to you yesterday, because maybe you heard it, or maybe you need a second to reflect and kind of remember what God was telling you. Uh, So we're going to use a a tool. Uh, This is something that we've been encouraging uh, all semester long. Uh, There's a great app that you can download on your phone called Lectio 365, where it gives you kind of this moment in the morning and a moment at night where you can take some time just to pause and reflect on God. Uh, there's different activities they have you do in the morning. They basically have you do the same activities every single night. And this is one of the activities they have you uh, do at night. Is there'll be a little thing like this that says, reflecting on the day that has passed, Lord. Show me where you were at work in my life. In what ways did I experience your goodness? And when did I hear you speak? And what we're trying to do through encouraging you all to do this app is that every single day you end your day in reflection thinking about this day that has just gone by where was God speaking and maybe I realized it while he was doing it or maybe I missed it but just that process of reflecting can help us hear from God Uh, so I'm going to give us a a few minutes and I want you to think about yesterday just that day yesterday think about as you were waking up think about as you went through your afternoon as you went through the evening, think about the process of your day and just think about that question. Uh, show me where you were at in my life. In what ways did I experience your goodness? And where did you hear me speak? So take a few moments and reflect about your day yesterday and think about where God, who made everything, Jesus, who was physically on earth 2,000 years ago, was maybe speaking through his spirit to you wherever you happen to be Yesterday, take a moment and reflect on that. God showed you something. Uh, second, then, if God is everywhere, that means God is always speaking. Uh, second, if God is everywhere, then it affects this idea of sin. If God is everywhere, it means that every sin we've ever done has been in the presence of God. Again, that might seem like a, that's a little bit different. Because if you grew up like me, I grew up in the church, and there was this idea that when you come into a church building, that there's—you you change your behavior a little bit. Uh, when I was a kid, it was always, don't run. I'm not sure why. You couldn't run in the church. Uh, we actually had a gymnasium in my church, and they would tell you, you, can't run in the church in the gym. I didn't understand it. But, but then there was often this idea of someone, like, starts to tell a joke, and it's like, well, you can't tell that kind of joke in here. let's go out in the parking lot, that's fine, but like in here, you know, or you you can't use that kind of language in here, or there's certain kind of activity, like there's a certain behavior you should have in here, but when you're out there, it doesn't really matter all that much. But if what we're saying is true and God is everywhere, then the temple is everywhere. So anything that you're ever doing, anything you're ever saying has been done in the presence of God. Uh, Again, the Apostle Paul really uh, brings this home. Uh, He's uh, writing this to a group of Christians in Corinth who, again, were surrounded by the idea of temples. And there's something about all of us, by the way, where we we love to put God in the temple. (laughs) There's something incredibly handy about, okay, like, let me put you, like, in your little box, God, and, like, that's fine. Like, okay, I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to worship you, and now, all right, now I got my, my other stuff to do. Uh, I'm going to go over here, God, and over here I'm going to behave, but, like, you, now, now I'm going out, and, like, y- you kind of stay over there. There's something incredibly handy, but this idea that God is going to follow us wherever we go, uh, this is what uh, Paul says in Corinth. He says, don't you know? "...that you yourselves are God's temple, and the God's Spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple." Uh, I don't know if you've ever been emotional about some sort of a physical space before, uh, maybe it was a religious space, and it was like you know, a church that maybe you know you had a, an experience in, or you got married in, or there was a funeral in. Or uh, I remember uh, years ago, uh, Ashley and I got a chance to go to Paris, and we got to go to Notre Dame, the cathedral uh, before it burned. And it was like I looked over at Ashley, and she was looking up at one of the windows, and she was crying. It's just something just emotional in that space, or maybe it's your childhood home, or and this idea that's like. You're going to take this building that's incredible, the memories are so special, and you're going to tear it down, just feels, and what Paul is saying here is that every person, every body you have ever met is more sacred, is more special, the, the presence of God is more in that person than in any place you have ever been, because the presence of God is literally following you. And then a little later on, he ties this now especially with sin. He's talking about uh, sexual sin in this instance. Uh, Here's what he says a couple chapters later. He says, flee from sexual immorality. Lust, pornography, uh, thoughts, uh, affairs. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And here's why he says that's such a big deal. Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies, because God is literally living in you. Uh, Now, I want to make a clear distinction here that we talk about this idea that we're every, God is everywhere, and that means every, all of our sins. The picture I don't want you to have of Jesus is, is this picture of Jesus. <laughs> this idea that he's just like following you around. He's like, na-na-na, I saw that. Or, you know, or he's like walking, he's just mad, you know. Uh, what we talked about a couple weeks ago, like this idea of definitions, is that Jesus gave for sure lots of laws. Lots of commandments that he wants us to follow, that he doesn't want us to sin. But the reason why he doesn't want us to sin is not because he's mad or angry or because he's sort of like a cosmic killjoy. It's because instead he wants us to experience love. Uh, Here's the passage that we looked at uh, a couple weeks ago. So the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. And here's the command. Love your neighbor as yourself because love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And what's not in there but very much implied is what sin is, is sin is anything that comes between this. The reason why he doesn't want us to commit adultery is because it makes us not be able to love our neighbor. The reason why he doesn't want us to steal, he doesn't want us to covet. Yeah, I can't really love my neighbor if I'm just so competitive and I, I wish that I had the house that they had, the car they had, the life that they have. So Jesus is everywhere we go, and what he's always offering us is this, you can choose right now the way of love. I, I, I don't want you to fall in the way of sin. The reason I don't want you to fall in the way of sin is because I don't want you to hurt yourself. I don't want you to hurt other people. And so every place you have ever been, God has offered you an alternative of love. When you were starting to lose your temper, when you were starting to fall back into that habit, when you did that thing that you regretted, God was offering another way of love in the midst of that. Uh, and so again, I want to give us a chance to be able to reflect and practice on that. Because I think that it's a big deal. We don't, we don't want to become self-righteous people who think that like, oh, because like, oh, well, we're in church this morning, like we all must be like really holy, perfect people. Uh, we want to be very honest that we are broken people who in the past day, in the past week, in the past years, have done things where we didn't love our neighbor as ourselves. We did something that stood in the way of us being able to really love other people. And it hurt us, and it hurt other people. And we have to own that before we can move on. Uh, So again, one of the reflections that I really love about that we do in Electio 365 is every night you take time to be sober and honest about where did I fall short today? Where was I in the presence of God? I had the option to choose love, but I chose the other one. And we want to be honest about that. Uh, so again, I'm going to give you a couple moments. Uh, this is the way that it says it in Lectio every night. Uh, it gives us a verse, uh, for this one, it gives us a verse out of Leviticus. It says, the Lord said to Moses, be holy because I am holy. I want you to love other people because I love other people. It says, Father God, would you remind me now of the ways in which I have sinned today in thought, in word, or in deed. I take a moment to confess my sins before you now. And I know there's pain in this, But it's incredibly healing and helpful to be honest people. Uh, So again, we're just going to go through the last 24 hours. So starting with yesterday morning, as you think about your day, the things you thought, the things you said, the things you did, Uh, spend a second to uh, reflect. And here's the really good news about this idea that God is with us everywhere, and that God has already seen all of your sins, is that He already knows. He's not shocked. He's not surprised. We have this tendency sometimes to feel like that, like, I need to, like, really make myself look better, because if people really knew the real me, then they might—God's like, yeah, no, I already know. It's cool. I, I know you. I know—even if, if no one else knows, I know what you're thinking about, and— I'm still here, and I still 100% love you, and I still absolutely want to invite you into this way of love. Uh, so, I want, to do, I want to do two more reflections, and uh, right after you confess every night, if you do this app, uh, you get to remember that God saw it and he's, He loves you. He's not running away, He's not scared. He's still absolutely there. Uh, so this is going to be our, our moment of uh, communion today. So there's communion cups uh, on, your, uh, uh, on your table. And I want to encourage you as you do this reflection just to thank God that he not only has been speaking to you, that he not only already knows your sins, but he already forgave them. It, it is not a barrier. You can do the worst thing possible to God. You can kill his son and he will still offer you forgiveness. Uh, Here's how it says it uh, in in Lectio. It says, Loving Lord Jesus, thank you for for bearing my sins in your body on the cross. By your wounds I am healed, and by your blood I am cleansed. I receive your forgiveness now. So take a moment as you take communion to reflect and to receive God's forgiveness and love. All right, and lastly, uh, a question that may be in the back of your head that I want to make sure we address. Okay, if God is everywhere, if God is speaking everywhere, if God can speak through nature, if God's speaking through all kinds of things, why do I need to come here? (laughs) Why do you guys do this every other week, uh, twice a month? Why do you guys do groups? Why do you have all these different things where we're going to gather together to be able to listen to a sermon? Uh, why is it that I make time to be able to have a Sabbath or be able to uh, do this Lectio? If God's just speaking everywhere, why don't I just wait until God speaks? Because what I have found, and I bet what you have found, is that it's pretty easy to miss God. And I have gone days, weeks, months, where even though I'm confident God was in that place and God was speaking I missed it. And so what all these different tools that we're always encouraging you to do, what they do is they help open us up. Uh, I hope that because you were here today, the rest of today, you're gonna better be able to hear God. Uh, As I've been having a daily practice, of having these daily office times in the morning and the night, I have found that it has opened up my mind and heart to be able to better hear God the rest of the day. Uh, It's like for Ashley and I, when we go on a a regular date night, uh, after we get back from vacation, we're just like a little bit more in step. We're a little bit more in tune. And so these regular practices help you to be able to better hear God. So I want you, when you're in these places, I hope you hear God. But I hope it teaches you some principles that so when you leave here on your ride home, as you go out through the rest of your days, you are now better equipped to hear the presence of God. Uh, A couple very kind of practical things on that. Uh, One, as I've already said, uh, kind of my biggest goal for today is I would love for you all to regular spend, to spend regular time daily reflecting on what maybe God has spoken to you. And a tool that's been very helpful to me is that Lectio 365 app. Maybe you have a different one that you like to use. Great. Awesome. But I would love for all of us to commit this next week, maybe till the end of the year, hopefully for the rest of our life. What if you woke up a little bit early? We're talking like five, 10 minutes, guys. This isn't like crazy. And just spent a little bit of time just opening up your day by saying, today I'm going to open up my heart to God. And what if you, before you went to bed each day, spent a little bit of time just reflecting on what maybe God has spoken to you? Uh, We have a couple other tools that we think will be very helpful for this. So on the back table back there, we have the Christmas tree. As I made very clear to our morning meeting, it is not Christmas season yet. I don't care what Lowe's or Home Depot says. It has not started yet, but it will start soon after Thanksgiving. So starting the first Sunday after Thanksgiving is the beginning of what we call Advent season. And so I think that that is all year long. God's always speaking. Advent Christmas time is a wonderful time to best kind of let me really try to focus on what God is telling me. So, we have some great tools that we have put together in that bag. So, we have a weekly guide that you can do by yourself, even better if you can do it with a friend, a roommate, your family, uh, maybe your community group. But, a weekly time where you could celebrate Advent together. And so, the way it works is for the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. You take a little bit of space, there's some activities, there's some readings, it's a time where you can open up yourself to be able to hear God. Uh, again, I'm like a commercial for Lectio 365, uh, they're putting together an Advent-centric uh, uh, Lectio going all the way from the beginning of Advent all the way through. Uh, and that would be an amazing practice for if you're not in that practice to do that all the way through Advent. Uh, families, uh, there's some Bibles back there, the Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, there's these like ornaments that you can cut out. There's 24 of them, and if you cut them out, figure out whatever fun activity you want to do with your family, there is 24 days from December 1st through December 24th where you as your family could take some time to open up the Jesus Storybook Bible, be able to have some conversation, be able to read, and hopefully get in the practices as a family hearing the presence of God. And so those are free to you. Take as many of those as you possibly. Take one for your family. If you have another family you want to take one for, make sure you take those. But really what we want you to do is use these tools. Uh, All right, so here's how we'll close today. So as you look through these different tools, I want you to first think. Which of these maybe are you currently not in a routine or rhythm of? And which of these would be a monumental help in helping you to best hear God's voice on a moment-by-moment, daily basis. Maybe it's being a part of a regular community group and just knowing that someone else is going to ask you at some point, hey, how have, what's God been saying to you lately? You guys should discuss that in your groups, and that might really be helpful. Committing to regularly be a part of these services. Um, being a part of a retreat like we did. Uh, I think for many of us, maybe it's this idea of a daily office or a weekly Sabbath, a time where we slow down enough, where if we can really hear God in those moments, but what would that look like? Uh, and then the last uh, reflection we'll do before we end today, and then we're going to get ready to have pizza and get to hear more from uh, our special guest today. But put up that map there. One of the things I love about kind of the idea of church and a building, it's a group of people. So in a half an hour from now, an hour from now, two hours from now, we're all going to be out there somewhere. Different houses, different jobs, all of that. So I just want to give us a couple moments to reflect on the places that we will go and to just remember that God will be there. So give me a little bit. Thanks for the background music today, by the way. Thanks for hanging up here on the stage all day. Uh, So I'm going to give you a couple things to think about. I just want you to spend some time reflecting on these as we get ready to end today. So uh, this afternoon, wherever you're going after you leave here. Maybe it's back to your apartment or your house, maybe it's shopping. I just want you to picture where you're going to be later this afternoon. And I want you to know that God is going to be there and that God is speaking to you there that God will be offering you a chance to choose love over sin. Uh, I want you to think about where you're going to be tonight. Maybe you'll be at home. Maybe you'll be out with friends. Maybe you'll be lonely. Maybe you'll be in the company of other people. I want you to know that wherever you're going to be tonight, God is going to be there. The one who made the universe, who made the mountains, who made the ocean, who knows all, who loves all, is going to be there, and is going to be speaking, and is going to be offering you a chance to love instead of to sin. And I want you to think about where you'll be tomorrow might be multiple places tomorrow, but just think of one of those places. It's work, it's home with your kids, it's alone, it's with people. A space that you will be tomorrow. Picture the space, picture the people that you will be with, the people that you love, the people that annoy you. God is going to be in that space. He is going to be speaking to you if you have ears to hear and eyes to see. And he is going to be offering you a chance to love instead of to sin. And lastly, just because we're in that season, I want you to jump ahead uh, a week and a half from now to Thanksgiving. Some of you will be experiencing a lot of love and just people that you enjoy being around. Some of you will feel very isolated uh, and a tendency to feel a little bitter. Some of you will be in drama and conflict. Some of you will feel like that you just have a lot of stress and anxiety because of all the things there are to do to prep. Picture where you will be Thanksgiving. God is going to be in that place and is going to be speaking. He's going to give you a choice of if you are going to sin or if you are going to love, if you are going to generate a heart of gratitude and thankfulness or something different. I want to invite you to choose the way of love. Let me pray for us as we end. Uh, God, thank you that you are with us always, that you love us always, that you are the God of second chances, that you are the God of 100 millionth chances. Help us to hear you. Because I believe that what you want to tell us is good, that what you want to tell us is encouraging, that what you want to offer us is the best way that we can live. Help us to find moments in our day where we can zero in and have space where we're not so busy and the noise to be able to hear you, to remember where we were where you were speaking before and maybe we missed it, to confess where we chose the way of sin instead of love, but then to wholeheartedly remember how much you still love us. It's in your name we pray.